Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So Jacob now makes his third point to Esau, in verse 5, in Genesis 32, 5, he says, I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants. So here Jacob is saying to Esau that he doesn't have to worry about Jacob coming to mooch off of Esau. And so Jacob says, look, I'm not broke. You know, I may have gone out empty, but I'm telling you that I'm loaded. I got lots of uh, cattle and flocks and herds. So he's saying to, he, he, you know, he's saying to Esau, he's saying, you know, oy, am I loaded? You know? <laughs> he's saying, I don't need dad's inheritance. You keep it. You, know, you can take it all. I've got enough. I've got so much inherent. So Jacob thinks now that Esau is not going to worry about having to support Jacob. And then Jacob comes with his last fourth point and seen in verse 5, Genesis 32, 5, his last point, where he says, I have sent to tell my Lord that I might find grace in thy sight. So lastly, Jacob is asking for grace, pure grace from Esau uh, in the Hebrew hen. Just grace, mercy, he doesn't ask for it. He says grace, 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 mercy. Mercy and grace really deal with the same issue. But there's a fundamental difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. So Jacob doesn't want to bring up the subject of mercy because that brings up for Esau that he feels Jacob deserves to be killed for stealing the birthright. But Jacob brings up just grace, which is, is getting what Jacob doesn't deserve, which is a warm welcome from Esau. That's all he wants. So Jacob is saying to Esau, look, all I want is just to know that you forgive me. Even though I don't deserve it, that's grace. And so at those four points... Jacob is thinking, I nailed it. He says, and, and, and now all I got to do is wait, go have the waiting game. So now back of Jacob's mind is this haunting thought that he never got his mother's all clear signal to come home. And so he's worried. So he waits and he waits and the, and for the return of the messengers. And finally they come back and we can just picture him watching and waiting, you know, and, and for the return of the messengers, which happens in verse 6 in Genesis 32, 6. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and he cometh to meet thee, 400 men. So as soon as the messengers come back, Jacob asks them, Did you find Esau? The messengers say, Yes, we found him. And Jacob says, Great. What did he say? And they say, He didn't say anything. And he says, What do you mean he didn't say anything? And the messengers tell him, well, we gave him your message. And what he did is he got 400 men together and he's coming out to meet you. <laughs> so when Jacob hears that, the bottom falls out of his stomach. And all Jacob can think of now is, 
Isaac's blessing on Esau, which was in Genesis 27, 40, Genesis 27, 40, when Isaac told Esau, by thy sword shalt thou live and shall serve thy brother and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion, thou shalt break his yoke from off thy necks. So Jacob is thinking of Isaac's words to Esau, by thy sword thou shalt live. He, all he can hear of these words, that Isaac's words to Esau, by thy sword thou shalt live. And all he can see is this sword, this sword of Esau. And he's thinking to himself, Esau is a sword warrior. And the 400 men under Esau are all sword warriors. So Jacob is seeing Esau leading a slaughter party of 400 sword-carrying warriors, and this is going to be Jacob's last stand. Like Custer's last stand, this is going to be Jacob's last stand. So Jacob, the man of peace, is going to be met by Esau, the man of war. And he's just terrified. He's terrified, it says in verse 7, Genesis 32, 7, and Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Now, the first description of Jacob was that he was greatly afraid. Greatly afraid. It's a very interesting Hebrew word. It means he was very much frightened. And the second description of Jacob was that he was distressed. He was distressed. You know, in the Hebrew, the word that's used here for distressed is yatsar. And what it means is to be squeezed in. The root wording, it has, comes from a root that means pressed. So Jacob now feels pressed. He feels squeezed in. And, and he feels this yatsar being hemmed in, no way out. He feels the yatsar has a meaning of no escape, no escape. So he feels yatsar. He feels like he's in a vice. And the vice is just slowly closing in on him. And there's one word to describe Jacob in this state, and it's the word trouble. This is Jacob's trouble. Now, this account here that we're reading about is both historical, it's a history of what happened to Jacob, and it's prophetic. It's a prophecy of what's going to happen to the Jewish people of Jacob. As it says in Jeremiah 30, verse 7, Jeremiah 30, verse 7, alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So historically, this day was great. There was none like it in Jacob's life. And it was the time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved out of it. And prophetically, for what's coming for the Jewish people of Jacob, that day that's coming will be great. There will be none like it, not even the Holocaust. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So all this means is that what we're reading about right now is going to repeat itself in the Jewish people as they transition, as Jacob did, from being spiritually, from being spiritually Jacob to being spiritually Israel. And this process that in the future will transform the Jewish people, the physical Jewish people of Israel, into the spiritual Jewish people, the spiritual people of Israel. And it's going to be, in essence, what happens in this chapter. So, 
What's the first thing he does? When we look at Jacob here, what's the first thing he does? He's in the great fear and the great distress. Does he pray in verse 7? No, he's not praying in verse 7. Okay, in verse 7, he's greatly afraid, he's distressed, and he divides the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. So he swings into action. Jacob just, just bounces right into action. You can just picture Jacob. He's dividing his wives and his children, and he's saying, uh, 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 you know, and, and they don't know what's happening, you know, but he, you know, the little kids are saying, oh, we get to meet Uncle Esau. <laughs> Jacob is rushing in a flurry of activity, dividing everybody and all the animals into two groups, hundreds and hundreds of flocks and herds and camels and, into these two groups. It's a tremendous amount of work. I mean, he's putting this large separation between these two groups so that one group is far enough away that when the screaming and the murder starts, they can escape the other group. He's dividing his whole caravan into two groups. And he does this because of verse 8 in Genesis 32, 8, because he said, if Esau come to the one group and smite it, slaughter it in other words, then the other group... The other company, which is left, shall escape. So Jacob is thinking he needs to try to save half the group. And so he divides them into two with enough separation that, that when all the slaughter and screaming starts in the one group, the other group can, will be able to run away and escape. They gotta, so what's interesting are the last three words in verse 7. What are the last three words in verse 7? Into two bands. Machanot. Machanot. Into two, two bands. The, the word band... In, at the end of verse 7 is machena, machena, machena. A band is the same as camp. So it's the same Hebrew word as machanaim, which is the last word in verse 2. Machanaim, which means two groups. So the end of verse 7 is the same word as the end of verse 2. And at the end of verse 2, Jacob named the place machanaim, which means two camps. And at the end of verse 7... Jacob divides his caravan into two camps, the same word. Well, why is that important? Because Jacob should have said to himself, wait a minute, two camps. I just named this place two camps, and now I'm dividing my caravan into two camps. Why did I name this place two camps? Let me think about it. Why did I do it? Oh, yeah, it was because there's my camp and God's camp of angels. Hmm, maybe I should pray before I divide my caravan into two No, no, I don't have time to pray. Time, no, no, time's wasting. Esau's on his way. I don't have much time. I got to spring into action and make two camps out of my caravan. I'll pray later. So he runs down the road of action, 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 action with no prayer. And so now he's got all his hundreds and hundreds of animals and his wives and his children and his servants all divided into two groups with a great separation between them. And he says, okay, all the work's done so I can rest now, right? Well, no, he can't rest. That's what we see. He has no peace. And so now it says his next move in verse 9. It's prayer. Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, return unto thy country, thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. So Jacob, he's thinking, you know, with all my cleverness, all my cunning, my heart's not at rest. I'm still distressed. So now he resorts to prayer. And God's been waiting for this prayer. You know, like it says in, in, in David said in Psalm 18.6, Psalm 18.6, in my distress, the same 
like Jacob. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard me, he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. So the first thing Jacob does when he prays, first thing Jacob does when he prays, it's like he's writing a letter, he makes sure the envelope is well addressed. Yeah? There's no way that Jacob wants this letter returned for lack of sufficient address. So he doesn't just pray, oh God, and let it go at that. No, no, that's too nebulous for Jacob. There were a lot of gods. There were some, that, and it, it's, there were some strange gods in his own house there. So I didn't just say, oh God. He puts a very specific address on the letter in verse 9, Genesis 32, 9. Oh God of my father, Abraham, God of my father, Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return to thy country, thy kindred, I'll deal well with thee. So verse 9, it's just the address. That's all it is. Verse 9 is the address of the letter. And he's very specific on who he's addressing. There's no doubt who Jacob's calling on. He's going, look, this is the God of my father. Next line, God of Isaac. Next line, God who said, told me to return home. Next line, God who promised to deal well with me. And, and, he, and so he's taken all this time to identify who God is. Now, when we see Jacob taking all that time to identify who he's calling on, that's a lesson for us. It's very important for us to know that when we pray, we're not just praying nebulously to God. Hindus call on God. Jehovah Witnesses call on God. Muslims call on God. But we call on the Lord Jesus Christ as God. When we call on the Father, God the Father, we're calling on the one who is one with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that brings, as it has here with Jacob, a crystal clear sharpness when we say the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about God, the Lord Jesus Christ, as revealed in the Bible. And Jacob, going through all this detailed description of who God is, it leaves no doubt. Now, in verse 9, we see Jacob putting his arguments and his cause. I mean, this is really like, a, a, unfortunately, I've happened to have been through, we're going through right now a lot of court trials and, and all these things with legal stuff. Anyway, but we see Jacob here, a lawyer, putting together his arguments and his cause in order, especially when he starts off, you said, which said unto me. See, what God had said to Jacob was so prominent in Jacob's mind that when we read it here, you think it's a verb, don't you? You know, which said to me. In Hebrew, it's not a verb. When it says, you said to me, it's a noun. It's a noun based on a verb, but it's still a noun. Ha Omar. Ha Omar. Ha is the. Omar is sayer, person who says, says, the sayer. So he says, you, Lord, are the sayer. He's saying something's very strong about God telling him to return to his country. He's not just saying, you know, God, you said to me to return to the country. Jacob's actually giving God a title when he says, Ha Omar, he says, the sayer. Says, literally, it goes like this in verse 9. The Lord, the sayer of return unto thy country. So we see Jacob here relying strongly on the fact that God was the sayer. God is relying strongly, Jacob is relying strongly on the words of God. He's relying strongly on the words of God. He's carefully lined up his arguments for God, just like Job did when he was in trouble. In, in Job 23.4, Job 23.4, Job said, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. 
And this is what Jacob is doing. He's filled his mouth with arguments. He's ordered his cause. He's lined up all of his arguments, and then he fills his mouth with the arguments. And his arguments are all based on what God said. That's a lesson for us. The best we can tell God in prayer is what God has told us in his word. That's the best we can do. The best thing we can say in prayer is to say what God told us in his word. So here's Jacob, and he's filled his mouth with arguments. Lord, you said I will do thee good. Lord, it's time for you to do me good. Lord, you said you would multiply my seed. Lord, what will become of that promise if all my seed is killed here on the sand? When it says, thou saidest, and you'll notice it's in both verse 9 and verse 12, 9 and 12, Jacob is making his hope on what God said, just like David did in Psalm 119, 49, Psalm 119, 49, remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. So Jacob's hope is on what God said, God's word. David's hope was on what God said, God's word. Our hope is on what God said, God's word. Now, in Jacob's prayer, he now switches, he switches his focus from God to himself. As he says in verse 10, in Genesis 32, 10, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant, for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, now I become two bands. As we come to verse 10, we can just see Jacob switching his look, like I said, from God to himself, and he looks at himself and he says, I am not worthy. He's literally, he's saying, it's a numerical term. In Hebrew, it's a numerical term, and it literally means, I am less than. I am too little for. In other words, he's saying, I'm too little to deserve even the smallest of God's mercies. So he looks at the mercies of God, which is the grace of God, and he says, I'm not worthy of them. And nothing is more humbling for Jacob than now to look at the grace of God that's been shown to him. Same for us. Nothing is more humbling for us than when we look at the grace of God that God has shown to us. And that drives Jacob to humility. And that's the best place he can be in. That's the best position Jacob can take. It's the only way up. It's the only way up. Humility is the only way to God. As God said, I mean, as, as, as it says in James 4, 6, James 4, 6, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And then James goes on in verse 10, James 4, 10, James 4, 10, humble yourselves in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. So with a cry of, I am not worthy, Jacob is taking his place in the best position he can be. And he's now among the centurion and a Syrophoenician woman. The centurion who answered the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 8, 8. Matthew 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof. But speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And then the Syrophoenician woman, who the Lord said, it's not right to take the bread of the children and cast it to dogs. And she said, in Matthew 15, 27, Matthew 15, 27, she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Humility, humility, humility. And so Jacob 
is now seeing clearly this is not a matter of telling God the good things that I've done or relying on my, any righteousness that I have, because I don't. But it's just a matter of one mercy of God that God has shown to me after another. One truth that God has shown to me after another, and I don't deserve them. So he sees these many mercies of God, these many truths that God says, and he says, I'm not worthy, in verse 10, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth that thou hast showed unto thy servant. So he's come to see the truth of what Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23, Jeremiah wrote, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions, it's plural, fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. See, God's mercies are what keeps us from being destroyed. God's mercies are fueled by God's compassions. I mean, God looks at us and he has compassion. He has compassions, not just one compassion. He has many compassions. He just keeps the, the compassions keep on coming. And if we go, go from one compassion to one new compassion to another new compassion. I mean, God's compassions are like a spring of water that never runs out. The spring never fails. His compassions fail not. Every morning, God's compassions are renewed. Now, some people think, you know, God is hard-hearted, and he, is, he's not, he doesn't get affected by what I'm going through. God's aloof. He's way out there. That's not true. That's not true. God's compassions fail not. Every morning, he has new compassions for us. So the word, as a matter of fact, the word mercy is in verse 10. Is that word? It's the word chesed, which means loving kindness. So he says, he says, I'm not worthy of the least of your loving kindnesses. But then he ends verse 10 and speaking about his staff. And we think, that's strange. What's he talking about a staff for? He says in verse 10, I'm not worthy the least of all thy mercies, which thou showed unto thy servants, and so forth. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan and now are become two bands. So we think, what is he brought, what's staff got to do with it? Why is he bringing it? The best way to understand what Jacob is saying here is to see Jacob kind of asking a question and then looking at his staff. He's holding a staff in his hand. And he says, I passed over Jordan. Did I have any guides? He looks at his staff and says, nope, just my staff for a guide. I passed over Jordan. Did I have any companions? He looks at his staff. Nope, just my staff for a companion. I passed over Jordan. Did I have any protectors? Nope, just my staff. All I had was my staff, my pathetic staff. <laughs> and now, he says, I am become two bands, and if I'm successful, the best I can hope for is that one of my companies gets slaughtered and the other one happens to escape alive. Me, I don't know what's going to happen to me. So, that's why when you come into verse 11, Jacob's not happy with his plan at all, at all. And he very simply begs God in verse 11, deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, for lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children. He's asking God to simply deliver him specifically from the hand of Esau. That's the hand that's holding the sword. And 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13.5 point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.